0: Join us for this episode of Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, John Chaust and Brian Cunningham.
1: Hi everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. Hey, and welcome to episode number 72. And yes, hooray for hummingbirds. Unbelievable that we're right back into the season when hummingbirds are going to be in our backyards. How cool is that? Man, oh, oh man.
0: man. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And there are some places that have hummingbirds year-round. Hey, right, lucky right. for them, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not every place has hummingbirds year-round. So do you want more joy? And do you want to add that joy and color and life to your own yard? Well, hooray for hummingbirds. We're gonna talk about the day. We're gonna bring some tips and some fun facts and just that joy of hummingbirds.
1: You know, it's if you can't get excited and joyful about hummingbirds, I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> it's, it's all over, you know, it's time to check out. So one of the things I would like to bring up, Brian, is we've been getting some really great reviews and people, uh, you know, giving us uh, ratings. And so we just want to remind everybody, if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't like what you're hearing, please consider uh, rating and reviewing us uh, at the end of the podcast. Yes, please.
0: So stick around for the fun, everyone.
1: All right, Brian, it's worth the wait. You know, doesn't it, it? Spring is... It's coming on strong. I mean, we're starting to see a lot of things happening with the birds. We're seeing a lot of things happening with vegetation and the first first leaves coming out on some of our plants and some of the uh, spring, as they call them, ephemerals. You know, the spring wildflowers starting oh, yeah. to pop out of the ground and, and it's just I you know one of the next big things on the uh, on the list. It's hard to believe just in a couple of weeks' time to put that hummingbird feeder out here in central Indiana. Anyway, oh, so. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty darn exciting. I love
0: this time of year as everything's popping, and I have been waiting for, <laughs> bated breath with anticipation, for those hummingbirds to be coming back, and the orioles, and I'm I'm waiting because I've planted a few native buckeye trees in my yard uh, just a few years ago, and I'm getting the flowers on them, <laughs> and you can always tell in the Midwest and yeah. that when your buckeyes are blooming that's that first time those nectar feeding the hummingbirds are coming back yeah, yeah. i so look forward to that so that anticipation uh but it, hummingbirds in the pretty much the eastern part of north america we're <laughs> waiting with that anticipation with mm-hmm. springtime for them to come mm-hmm. back and the, mm-hmm. their their travels and everything but in the west completely different story especially along those coastal states and up into bc year-round what's up with that
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's no waiting there full service (laughs) well i wish i'd uh, known about you planting some buckeyes i've never my my setting my yard my land around me i've never seen buckeyes are just crazy here my understory has got so many young buckeyes; it's unbelievable. I could have oh. dug up a couple and brought them to you if I, you know, if I'd only known. But you're exactly right. One of the coolest things is to watch the uh, watch the hummingbirds hitting the the buckeye flowers when they flower. They're very high. They're I think I want to say, somewhere in like forty plus percent sugar mm-hmm. in their nectar. Very very high yeah. nectar con high sugar content in the nectar. So that's why they're so attractive to hummingbirds. Oh yeah. And, and it's it's always timed. It's just about the time that they start blooming. Is about the time you can really expect the majority. You know, it's one of those things you you can kind of get some early hummingbirds, mm-hmm. uh, but then you get the full bore. How many you're going to have for the summertime hanging around your area? And that's around that time is synced very closely to when those buckeyes are are flowering. So
0: that's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, and you know, having that higher sugar concentration versus a lot of other flowers which, you know, you're probably averaging about 20% sugar concentration yeah. in a lot of other flower, nectar flowers. So yeah. h- here are these hummingbirds. You know, y- you talk about, wow, they're coming from Central America. 2,000-mile <laughs> journey. And certain certain ones, like ruby-throated hummingbirds, hop over the Gulf. You know, majority of yeah.
1: them yeah. actually
0: travel over the Gulf of Mexico.
1: Yeah, it's like 600 but, miles, five 5 to 600 miles.
0: And, but then you get the others, like black-chinned and Rufus and broad-tailed, which they're just coming up from the landmass. or coming yeah. up from that yeah. Central America, coming up through the states and and uh, hitting everyone's feeders. Then, but thousands of miles, and they need that. They need that
1: energy. I am always amazed how a living entity the size of the hummingbird, which is about one tenth of an ounce somewhere in the neighborhood of three mm-hmm. grams. <laughs> My favorite fun fact is you can fit, you know, postage stamps allows you to send one ounce through the U.S. mail. Right. You, if you wanted to, you could put ten hummingbirds on an envelope and send it through the mail with one stamp. Now, think of that. That's hmm. pretty insane. So how can Somehow something I so... Don't, s-
0: I don't think they'd be that cooperative.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there'd be all kinds of little holes <laughs> in the envelope too. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the bottom line is, you got something that's so teeny, it has a brain the size of a BB. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yet, it literally will come back to the exact same feeder year after year after year. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I always equate it to that you've kind of won the lottery if you get these hummingbirds in your backyard. First of all, if they're new, you know, never been to your yard, that's a huge lottery win. You know, maybe a juvenile coming back for the first time. And if you get the returnees, the ones that are coming back year after year, they've made it another year. (laughs) You know, it's it's like they've done this (laughs) 2,000-mile journey multiple times now, and they still come right back to Mm -hmm. your feeder. And woe be it that you don't have that feeder up. (laughs) Because <laughs> they'll, right? they'll let you know. They'll be buzzing around where it was last year going, hey, what's up with this, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> I want
0: my food. That's right. And and not just feeders, but, but plants. They remember. Yep. So oh, it's just, like you said, the brain the size of a BB. Holy cow. We're awaiting, you know, anyone in the East... There, we're waiting those hummingbirds to come back. But we mentioned along the, those, the west, and you get some of those coastal states, and up into BC, uh, we have different hummingbirds. They have already gone through or finishing up their nesting. And so now that, that, <laughs> that similar anticipation, <clears throat> now you're waiting for all these little babies to come off the nest and hit your feeders and bounce mm-hmm. around in your yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how exciting would that be? Having those hummingbirds year round.
1: Yeah, as you were talking, I was just sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, though, I haven't heard any reports or talked to anybody, and I I would like to do that because, you know, they've had such rough weather along Mm, the coast this winter and and this early spring. And it's like, man, you just wonder how the hummingbirds fare when they're having to deal with those kinds of conditions Mm -hmm. week after week after week. And, you know, are they able to, to, you know, and they're amazingly versatile, again. One tenth of an ounce, teeny little thing, and yet they can—they can, <laughs> can just—they're incredibly tough. They're uh-huh. incredibly tough, and and so yeah, I just—I'm kind of curious as to as to how they're doing and and how that impacts them. Yeah, we'll
0: we'll
1: yeah. find out and give an update some other time. How's that? <laughs> there you go. I can't give a brief <laughs> update.
0: I don't know how they're doing right now, but yeah, know, like, Costas and Alan's hummingbirds and Anna's hummingbirds uh, being out west, and I know we had. The Anna's Hummingbirds up in Oregon and in um, the Washington area, they were actually nesting about a month earlier than usual in some of our store owners' yards.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know,
0: Some of those franchisee store owners, they're like, oh, holy cow. They're, yeah. they're nesting early this year. Huh. Um, and I didn't hear any... Uh, Follow-ups on you know how successful were they this year? Because like you said, there's some crazy weather going on all along the West Coast. Uh, So really hope everything's okay. But what tough little birds! So (laughs) we don't give them enough credit, right?
1: (laughs) We really don't. I mean, I, 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 you know, constantly, it's just they're an amazing, amazing creature. I mean, they just, I mean, they got so many things that they do. That, that no other birds and in many cases no other animal does they have one mm-hmm. they have literally for any any warm blooded animal they have the largest heart in proportion to their body this wow. is the record record number 1 they have the most rapid heartbeat it goes up to 1200 1300 beats per
0: per minute minute
1: think about that I was hoping per you weren't going to say second. No, God. <laughs> per minute. I mean, think about that. It's an yeah. amazing, amazing thing. Um, I've
0: heard some people say uh, that when you, you that heartbeat so, so fast, mm-hmm. but then the wings beat. Yeah. And the wings beat super fast. 80. Um,
1: yeah. 80 beats per minute. Or per that, second, I'm sorry. Right. 80, that, one, 80 that, that one's per per like... That is, and, yeah.
0: And... and <laughs> So where's the hum come from? We call them hummingbirds. And is, is it the wings? Which is pretty natural to hear when they go right by you, um, yeah. which is always fun and cool yeah. to hear, especially when they buzz by your head. Uh, but is it the heart? Can you hear that? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. You can
1: obviously yeah. hear the wings. Absolutely. And they're little chittery calls. You know, yes. The little chitters that they make. It's pretty cool they have a body temperature. I was just looking at something the other day and their body temperatures is between 105 and 109 is their body mm. temperature what would warm. happen to us what would happen <laughs> to us if we had a 105 to 109 temperature i don't think it's a good mm-hmm. thing no mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure we'd even be here at that point yeah so anyway and, you know and that and that heartbeat you know we're talking about 12 1300 beats per minute and yet they can survive colder temperatures and mm-hmm. night they go in what's called torpor which is a way of just slowing down their metabolism and all their you know m- metabolic processes including their heartbeat and it can go down to 50 beats at that point i mean think of the difference in those those beats per minute where it can go anywhere from you know 1200 1300 all the way down to 50 in torpor. Uh, that's a, that's <laughs> slow. <laughs> I mean, again, it just blows my mind. Uh, it's all like an overnight
0: cool. um, hibernation. Yeah. Torpor. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then exactly wake right. up the next day. No, here's. I, I'm glad you brought that up because every once in a while you'll hear someone or you'll see a post on social media about a hummingbird that's just sitting there. Like, it's hurt. And it's just sitting on a feeder. Uh uh Um, And then sometimes they flip upside down. They'll just hang there. And they're like, what's wrong with it? Well, most of the time it's because it was in torpor. Uh And it doesn't wake up immediately. Boom, I'm awake. Now that doesn't happen coming out of torpor. It takes them time to get that metabolism ramped back up. So don't freak out if you see a little hummingbird sitting still for like 30 minutes. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, just make sure you have fresh food for it right when it wakes yeah, up there you go there you go There
1: you go. You know I think the other fascinating thing that's always I mean there's so many things that are fascinating about this bird and this group of birds I mean you know here in North America we have a handful of, of hummingbirds that actually visit us on a regular basis right uh, considering that there's over probably over 350 the counts it depends on who you look at, at as to the numbers but Probably a safe bet to say that there's over 350 species of hummingbirds total, and we might get mm-hmm. a dozen and a half, give or take, you know, on a regular basis here in North America. So there's a whole lot of hummingbirds somewhere else. And the reality is, they're not anywhere else except Central and South America. Mm-hmm. There are no hummingbirds in Europe. There are no hummingbirds in Australia. There are no hummingbirds in Africa. There's no hummingbirds except in the New World, the, the Americas. Yeah. And, and so you consider that here in North America, we, we kind of get the short end of the stick, <laughs> you know, with, with only having 16, give or take, you know, 18, uh, give or Maybe take. Maybe that year. many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on a regular basis here in North America. And you got 350 more of them in Central and, and South America. I did I did uh, a, a birding trip out to Southeast Arizona and. Uh, Madeira Canyon, uh, mm-hmm. some people might have heard of, uh, Ramsey Canyon, which is a Nature Conservancy uh, property, are known for hummingbirds, and uh, the best I've ever had out there, I've been there a couple of times, is 10 hummingbirds, different species, in one hour. I mean, that, that's a big day. <laughs> 10
0: hummingbird species, species in one hour. Coming
1: to their feeders, that's 10 different species, at, at Madeira Canyon, yeah. at the feeding station there.
0: Well, I yeah. tell you what wherever hummingbirds are, wherever you know, any of our listeners are, we just celebrate having the one that shows up to our
1: feeders. Exactly right. right. <laughs> exactly right. In that to truth. That. In that the truth. Yep. What uh, what should people be getting ready to do? I mean it's just it's just literally weeks away, so what do we what do we have as our best advice, Brian, to help people get hummingbirds in their backyard?
0: Well having a hummingbird feeder but also having <laughs> nectar plants native brilliant. Nectar plants brilliant. yes brilliant. the two things we always talk about native plants and supplemental bird feeding uh, having a nectar feeder out um, and i love tray style hummingbird feeders i think are the best um, not the gravity fed where it's a, a bottle with mm-hmm. the, the feeding ports below they always leak you, you can't help it they're gonna leak um, so tray-style feeders, whether it's that's on a window or you, you hang it out in the yard, I love those. And we, we have to tell everyone, what is that ratio, sugar to water? And I always think, I have five fingers, and you want more water than sugar. So <laughs> four to one, four to one ratio, four <laughs> fingers water, the thumb for sugar, so four to one. It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, but it's something. If you don't do it every day, like maybe out in the west, then, you know, seasonally it's like, oh yeah, what is that? Yeah. But it's yeah, just no. straight sugar. Just only use, common table sugar, sucrose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that mimics what's in nectar flowers.
1: Yeah, the, a lot of we get a lot of questions about that. The ratio. Uh, can I use raw sugar? Can I use? Nope. Brown sugar, can I nope. use molasses? I mean, there's all kinds nope. of different people wanting to try to different, use you know, different Agave, types of... Agave. Yeah, honey. yeah. And I, the reality you heard is... Have about the
0: new sugar that um, has... A, uh, <laughs> I forgot the name of it. That um, is not fully processed to be just sucrose. There's still a little bit of brownness or coloration to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which means it still has some molasses in it. Mm-hmm. And the, that molasses is the part you don't want in the sugar. So just mm-hmm. pure white sugar. Yeah, that's the best. And thing as, as do. we
1: tell we tell people, it's, it's I'm not sure they always believe us, but you know it is about the closest thing we can put out there to mimic flower nectar. It is right. literally about the closest thing. Everybody think, well, wait a minute, processed sugar really? Yeah, yeah. It's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly what does it. And some of these other ones, like some of the raw sugars and the sugar you're talking about, Brian. You know, not only are they not the same. Some of them, as you have mentioned, you know, have different types of minerals and, and different types of things in them that aren't necessarily good for the hummingbirds either. So right. you really don't want to do that just plain old table sugar. It works perfectly and is the yep. closest thing we can do to mimic natural flower nectar.
0: For sure. And we want to make sure we're doing right by the birds. You think about, you know, um, every once in a while we talk about a scientific study. Someone had to count anna's hummingbirds
1: <laughs> Some the graduate student. student watching
0: anna's hummingbirds visiting over a thousand flower uh, nectar flowers a day yeah you imagine trying to follow that bird around all day <laughs> <laughs> wait come back
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so, so bottom line a lot of nectar yeah so bottom line a good feeder or feeders i'd like to have more than one feeder to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you and and You know, we all get into the bully male hummingbird chasing the females and the youngsters away from the feeder and that type of thing. You know, and you're going to get some of that. But, you know, putting out multiple feeders breaks that down a little bit and in some cases can actually defeat it. Uh, But the bottom line is I I like multiple feeders for a couple of reasons. One, because of that. And two, just cleaning. I I like I keep a spare (laughs) feeder or two inside the house so I can just fill those, walk outside take the old ones down, put the new ones up, take the old ones inside, I get to them and clean them all up. When I get to them, I don't have to feel rushed, like, oh, my gosh, the hummingbirds are going to come and the feeders aren't going to be there, you know, that type of thing. Which that is inevitably silly. happens. Which is totally <laughs> silly because it doesn't matter. They'll be just fine, but, right. you know, you feel bad. So <laughs> so I always keep a couple extra feeders. Just It makes cleaning them much simpler, less, you know traumatic if you will you right just, you've always and, and you're much more likely to to keep those feeders clean i think if you got a couple of them you know where you can switch them out all the time i think it makes it easier to do that and i think that's one of the other things i think we really want to push keep those feeders clean absolutely yes. keep those feeders clean and and uh, you know, uh, and again, people ask us, well, how how often does the nectar spoil? How fast? Does I was going to ask you that, John. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's funny you bring that up.
1: <laughs> you know, and it's and the real answer is, you know, the bottom line is, every place is different. You know, right. if you're if you're in Florida with a you know or Georgia or you know someplace in the South, Texas, where it's hotter than Hades in the summertime, and that feeders out in the sun, yeah, you know, it's probably gonna turn pretty quick. If you're up in New England and Maine where it's cooler, you know, that type of thing, mm-hmm. the the nectar's gonna last longer. But so you really kinda just get a feel for it as you experience, you know, the nectar feeding for the hummingbirds. But you know, every couple three days would be, you know, a rough rule of thumb. Could be quicker in hot, humid areas, could be less up in, you know, less humid, cooler areas. So
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of the things that I really like about you know having those feeders out, and um, I love to be able to draw the, the hummingbirds in for really close views. Mm-hmm. And and having a window hummingbird feeder, mm-hmm. uh, we have a great tray style. It, it's just it's my favorite because the hummingbirds come right up to the window. It makes for great cat television. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's safe for the birds. It's safe for the cat. <laughs> My, usually the cat is the one who announces when a hummingbird has shown up at the feeder. There,
1: there you go. There you go. <laughs>
0: so we can poke our head around and see, depending on which which side of the house it's on. Uh, but I love to be able to see. And you're talking about keep that nectar fresh. Just the nectar's like right there at eye level, and the the hummingbirds are dipping their beak down in, and their tongue is lapping up all that mm-hmm, nectar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and to think about here I am. Setting the table. What a what a terrible horrible host I am when I see that nectar starting to go bad, mm-hmm, and here the, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. little precious hummingbirds are coming in to feed on them. I'm like uh so yes, keeping it clean, keeping it fresh, but having those feeders that you can see, um, having yeah. those the clear bottoms really helps. Um, but it's really cool to watch that tongue go. Prrr.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's so cool when you think about it. If you if you get a chance, go on. You know, do a search for slow motion, uh, hummingbird tongue being you know at the feeder because it is amazing. There's some great slow motion video that's out there that shows how that tongue actually is lapping up the nectar. You know, not like a straw or anything like that. It's literally got two little feathery sponges, if you will, on the tip of the tongue, and capillary action on the sides of the tongue. And and to see this slow motion of that tongue. Uh, in action is pretty darn cool to see so well brian one of the other things i wanted to mention too in regards i absolutely love uh water water, you know to have some type of a dripper mister i have a a fountain that has the water actually runs down the side of the fountain uh, and, and the hummingbirds come in, and the fountain's red. <laughs> yes. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and the hummingbirds literally go up, and, and they rub up against the side of that fountain where the water's running down, and they take their little bath. And it's so cool to watch that. And, and I've had misters in the past where, you know, you're just doing a little fine spray of mist, and they'll come in, and they'll get all wet, and they'll take their little bath that way too. So, water is definitely a great way to attract birds and a great way to entertain yourself because it's fun to watch
0: oh for sure yeah really fun so having that food out having a water source where they can be attracted to and do that bathing not so much that they're drinking because they're mm-hmm, they're getting there mm-hmm. usually the liquid from the nectar so mm-hmm. but that bathing yeah So what in hummingbirds are such an excellent way to bring in color and joy and life into your backyard. And so if you're out West, I mean, enjoy having all those babies coming out right about now, coming off the nest, they're flying around, they're looking for food sources. Um, And in the Eastern part, get ready, (laughs) make sure those feeders are out right now. So you're not missing out. You're helping them in migration and maybe capturing some to stay in your yard to nest for the season.
1: So what about what about native plants? I mean we, we always we always push native plants and, and we think it's a really really important part of, of uh, you know being a homeowner and having some property and being able to uh, you know garden for wildlife and, and do things that'll help your songbirds in your backyard and then ones that are coming to your feeders and, and uh, so hummingbird plants any, any yes. thoughts on that?
0: you know there are lots of excellent native hummingbird plants and finding you know check in with your local wild birds unlimited store first because they probably already know a place where you can find excellent native plants mm-hmm. that are that are going to be great for birds as well as hummingbirds um, but then um, if not find a, a local um, nursery or landscape place that sells native plants i'll put some links in the show notes where you can go and look that some up right. for your right. area um, but one of those keys is plant different plants um, so that you can get flowers blooming throughout the seasons. Uh-huh. Uh, so instead of all of them blooming, all the same plant, all of them blooming once, and then you don't have any more nectar. So having that variety is really excellent to keep those hummingbirds engaged, coming yeah. back to the different flower nectars. and. Those native plants attract tra- little tiny insects, which the hummingbirds are eating. They eat lots and lots of insects, not just yep. nectar. Protein. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, we were having a conversation with one of our store owners recently, and they were talking about it, and it's really a, a plants, native plants, and, and really good nectar plants can actually bring more hummingbirds to your yard. You know, you might get, mm-hmm. I, it depends on where you're at, how many, you know, let's just say you get three, four, maybe five hummingbirds you think, coming to your feeders on a regular basis throughout the summer, uh, the native plants can up that number. And we were talking to a store owner recently, and they were talking about they they had done this very thing. They put out some nectar plants, and especially Mm -hmm. one called cardinal flower, which is a brilliant red wildflower. And they were seeing as much, if not more, activity at the cardinal flower than they were having on their feeders, which is way cool when you think about it. So absolutely consider putting out some and it doesn't have to be a lot you can do containers you could you know Mm -hmm. absolutely you don't have to the container garden is a great idea yeah yeah
0: because you if if you don't have a yard you just have a patio yeah maybe you're in an apartment or a condo a container Mm -hmm. garden you can get three five maybe depending on the size uh, a number of different nectar native plants in a Mm -hmm. container garden Mm -hmm. so that yeah great idea
1: cool well, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm more impatient than ever now. I just I'm ready to go. I just, matter of fact, I'm going to think I'm going to go to Texas this week and and see some down there. What do you think?
0: Well, I think that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to stow away with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really am going to Texas this week. So. <laughs> do a little birding. Do a
0: little Excellent. birding on the
1: Texas coast.
0: Get outside, and you know, I encourage all of our listeners. Step outside. Just listen for the birds. Just Enjoy springtime, enjoy nature, getting outdoors. Great for mental health. Just to take that little break every once in a while.
1: All right, Brian, I think we've hopefully given people a little bit, to get them excited about hummingbirds and, and, uh, get that hooray going on, ready yeah. to go for, you know, their return and, uh, a few little tips and tricks that maybe help them do that. So, uh, any, any last thoughts?
0: I'm going to go dust off my homing bird feeders, make sure they're ready to go for the season. That's a good idea. And make sure I'm ready to go with just some nectar containers. So, like to make my nectar, toss it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm excited and uh, I'm looking forward to planting another few more nectar plants, native mm-hmm. nectar plants, this season. So, hope everyone else is thinking similarly. Absolutely. Absolutely. On behalf of Wild Birds Unlimited, want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening today. Hope you got a little jazzed up, a little excited, um, learned some new things, and you're going to get yourself ready to enjoy those hummingbirds that are either maybe the babies coming off the nest or it's the hummingbirds coming in for just breeding season.
1: Absolutely. So yes, until our next visit, which we're going is going to take some explaining here. We're going to talk about <laughs> bugs for Mother, for Mother's Day, and it's like <laughs> bugs, but bugs equal birds in your backyard. So we're going to talk all about that. How to how to give mom the gift of a lot more birds by putting some bugs out in the backyard. So anyway, until that time, which I'm sure you're just anticipating now <laughs> right <laughs> Brian and I are going to continue to let nature be our guide so please take care be safe and keep those feeders clean
0: thanks for joining us everyone to subscribe to the podcast for show notes or to find the Wild Birds Unlimited store near you visit wbu.com podcast and we really appreciate you telling your friends about Nature Centered But until next time, we hope you find a moment every day to relax and enjoy the birds.